I'm a second generation missionary. So I grew up in the Central African Republic and the Chad. And the story goes like this. I was born in Paris, France, but I'm not a Frenchman. I grew up in Africa, but I'm not an African. I grew up in a Christian family that were missionaries, but I wasn't a Christian. I became a Christian when I put my trust in Jesus Christ as my Savior when I was about fourth grade in school. I was playing with one of my friends, and I was doing something mean to him. This was me. This is my story. So I was doing something mean to him, and he wanted to do something mean back to me. So he said, John, you don't even act like a Christian. And I got used to that. Just all of a sudden, I thought, maybe she might be a Christian. So I found one of the missionary ladies, and she went through the Bible verses and explained how you can become a Christian. You trust in Jesus Christ as your Savior because you're a sinner. So I've been following the Lord, and the Lord laid it on my heart to become a missionary myself. I was in seminary, and I met this lovely lady. So where did I come to? Emmanuel Baptist Church in the foyer was where we met. We were married six years later, but that's where my first pastor
you say it?
expect Tom has been safe. We've been able to put three buildings on the property. We've been able to put a well on the property. And tomorrow is supposed to be the start of the school year. I just got a message from the director, and he said, uh, things are running a little bit late. We're going to push off the start of the school day one week so that we can get everybody installed so the students will get out of town and they have to come back here. Anyway, what I'd like you to rejoice with us about is that the Lord has provided campus. So let's show those pictures so that you can go take a visit to the Central African Republic. The start of it, we're looking at the road. Yep, sound. There we go. We're looking at the blacktop as we go out of the city, out of Ivani City, and we're going towards the campus where we turn onto the dirt road. See what God has given to us. Here we are arriving at the Tupac campus. So, welcome to Tupac. Take a look at the campus, what we've developed so far. Well, and good drinking water for the students, and three buildings. Each of the buildings will have one student family in it, and we will use the living room for the classrooms, and then the third building, the white one, at the very end, will be used for the administration, for offices, for the various teachers, uh, various leaders. So we have a good foundation, a good beginning. We're thankful for what the Lord has provided. On this side of the buildings, there is room for more development. So we can put some more duplexes here. And the vision is, in the future, we would like to build an academic block that is uh, classrooms and a library. But that's, that's vision for the future. That's not for right now. Well, so if we put the buildings there, and the students are on this side, so they can walk from here over to the classrooms. Again, that's vision, and we are waiting for God to provide the finances for that. You can see with big campus here, you can see trees way in the background there. That's the limit of the campus. So we've got a good 10 acre, I should say 10 hectare, 20 acre piece of property. Good land for gardening. So students can put gardens over there and be able to feed their families while they're in class. Okay, so what are we looking for for people to do to help us? We are looking for help for the buildings that need to go 
looking for some help in and around the house. And so we asked advice, and they, they, there were several applicants that said, that young man over there is active in the youth group. He's, he's loving the Lord, but he's an orphan. I think you could do something for him. So we hired him, and we built a love relationship. And as soon as his kids started coming along, he said, This is the, the first time that Noah 
has been missional for probably ever since the founding of the uh, Baptist and the missions.
isn't the only thing that we're looking at. We're looking at the church. I'm saying we've been excited to be involved with the church. This is a Bethany Baptist church. Uh, we've got about 400 members. About 100 of them, I think I said 100. We've got about 300 members. We've got about 400 attenders. And about 100 of them are kids. So good, pro good problem. So um, love the church. Love getting in, love being involved with people there. But I keep telling them, you're not going to have Pastor Vandenberg as your pastor indefinitely. They go, no, don't even say that. We want you. Well, isn't it nice to be wanted? So um, I, uh, we arrive back in CAR a week from today, Sunday. The following Saturday is a baptism for about 30 people. So yesterday, the deacons were supposed to meet with the different baptism candidates and hear their testimony because it's so easy over in our culture for the parents to say, kids, you need to get baptized because if you don't get baptized, you won't go to heaven. Is that, is that true? But it's very much influenced by Catholics over there.
there's only so much that you feel that you can you can take in before you go, I guess I've got to go do something else. But the Bible is a very deep, very fun book, and just if you don't catch it right away, just keep reading. Okay. The second thing in being faithful is being faithful in your prayer life. There's three things that you can do in your prayer time. You can talk to the Lord. That's the normal thing, right? I'm just pouring my heart to you. Lord, uh, all these things have been happening in my life. And you can do that while you're asleep. Not asleep. You can do that while you're awake. You can do that while you're walking. You're sitting. You're doing whatever. You're in a conversation with the Lord. So practice all day long just keeping the conversation going. Uh, Lord, there's some weird people out there. This is in your hands. So you're talking to the Lord in your heart all day long. The other thing is you are looking at Scripture, and you're reading Scripture, and you're praying Scripture back. Have you ever tried that? It's very easy with the Psalms. So if you've never done that, just try it, okay? You read a Psalm, and I'm just going to turn to a random Psalm. Um, I turn to Psalm 148. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord from the heavens. Praise Him in the heights. How do you personalize that and pray it back? You say something like this. Lord, I praise you. I praise you from the heavens. I praise you in the heights. I praise, well, it's not me. It's the angels. The angels praise you. Uh, all the hosts praise you. Sun and moon praise you. All the stars praise you. Highest heavens praise you. The waters that are above the heavens praise you. Let it, I hope that I really want everyone to praise the name of the Lord. Those are the kinds of things that you say when you're trying to pray Scripture back. I learned something else about 15 years ago that has been really cool in my life. You want to know what it is? If you are praying to the Lord, say it. The correct answer is, we talk to the Lord in prayer, and He talks to us in His Word. Well, let's get a little bit more personal with that. Take a pen, take a piece of paper, you read a scripture passage, or you start by listing a question or problem on your piece of paper, and then you stop. say, okay, Lord, what do you want to say to me? And you pretend that he is using your pen to say something to you. And you can't say crazy things that are unscriptural, right? Um, uh, Dear John, I wish that you would leave your wife and go and marry the pastor's wife. No, you can't say things like that.
just simple things and say, you know, you're John. I want you to know that I love you. I want you to understand that I love you so much I died for you. And I am watching over you today. You are scared of different things. You are scared of some of those transitions that are coming up. You are scared about even speaking in churches sometimes. You're scared about saying something that they're going to drop your support. No, I am looking over you. Those very simple things like that. Anyway, that's a, a really quick little idea that I have been learning in my life. I just wanted to share that with you. So number one, be faithful. And that's what we're trying to find in this area. That's why we have been missionaries for all those many years by God's grace. Second verse, verse 7 in 1 Corinthians chapter 4 here. This is really interesting. For who regards you as superior? What do you have that you did not receive? And if you did receive it, why do you boast as if you had not received it? First principle, be faithful. Second principle, you can either say be, be thankful or be humble. It's, it's, it's a toss-up on which, which comes out the strongest. For me, it was learning to be thankful. It's like all of a sudden, I am really, uh, I am really uh, an important person. I am the guy. And we get that in the States too, right? We have to learn learning. We have working to a position. And if you earn a position, all of a sudden you feel, oh, yeah, I guess I am special. Well, who God, well God does say, special because you're made by him, but he looks you in the eye and he says, who are you to boast in what you have? Everything that you have and everything good that you're going to have is God's gift to you because he made you. So we are trying to practice, particularly in the African culture there, walk humbly before your God, be thankful Corinthians chapter 4, verses 9 and 10. For I think, Paul is saying, for I think God has established as apostle. For I think God has established us apostles, last of all, as men who he wants to make very wealthy and very healthy and very successful. 
men condemned to death because we have become a spectacle to the world, both angels and men. We are fools for Christ's sake. He goes on and says, you guys, you who are so smart, look at us apostles. What example has God given to you in our lives? And that's what we're looking at. What kind of an example are we? We are an example sometimes deliberately by what we choose, but oftentimes it's just God is going to do something in your life to cause some horrendous heartache and trouble. about us, about the Central African Republic, I'm done. You're not going to be able to ask me about that.